Hey, sports fans, you're tuned into the Emerald City Fandom Podcast. We're Seattle fans talking Seattle sports. We're your hosts. I'm Connor Fredrickson. And I'm Sam Hoganson. You ready to get started? Let's send it. Welcome back to the pod, folks. This is episode 24, and I think we would be remiss not to apologize to all of you loyal listeners for our lack of podcasts lately. We have not recorded in, I think, close to a month now, Sam. So just one of those things, busy schedules uh, during this time of year and just kind of not as much to talk about you know, offseason. That being said, we have a ton to talk about tonight, and joining us for this podcast is our, the one and only Justin Geiger from Over the Top EPL. Justin, how are you doing? I am good, Connor. It's been a while since I've been on with you guys. Well, obviously, you guys haven't recorded either, but I think the last time was the Ram-Seahawks game when they lost, so yeah. uh, two months ago, so... Ugh. Yeah, sorry to bring that up again, but Thanks, two months bud. we uh, we're looking forward, and free agency is about to start, and it's uh, that's right massacre start of, week as they're calling it. Yeah, start of the new year league year and is in exactly one week from today. So as we're recording this, so yeah, excited for that. Justin, what are you sipping on tonight? I've got uh, so your listeners have were phoned in and were really mad about drink me drinking water. They even nicknamed me Water Boy. Water Boy. Water Boy. So we got a Lagunitas little something ale to satisfy your listeners tonight. Very nice. Very nice. Do you Lagunitas have a backup beer, or you're not going that hard? No, we haven't started the beer yet. Says I'm drinking a healthy smoothie right now. So we're going smoothie uh... into the beer. <laughs> What the hell? Did we right, record pause. too early? Cut, cut. <laughs> we gotta roll this tape back, man. God damn. What what's in the smoothie? I'm interested now. Okay, so we got a lot of spinach, mostly spinach, honestly. Oh, uh we've got uh the mix of berry like the berry mix, which I think is blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries. So frozen berries into this thing. Okay. We got a banana, um, Tiny bit of honey, but I don't think there's any honey in this one. Uh, some chia seeds. What do you mean uh, you don't think there's any honey in that? I don't think we put honey because we like put a banana as to replace. Okay, the honey. so first it was I, and now it's we. So who actually made the smoothie? I never said I. I said I'm drinking it. I never said I made it. Who Sam. made it? My wonderful fiance made it. Oh, Samantha's making smoothies. Good I guess job, I can't Samantha. talk smack about it now. That's why I asked. I didn't want to uh, that yeah. at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, for sure, 100%, she will be listening to this tomorrow morning. When Absolutely. This comes <laughs> <laughs> Justin, Justin, to be fair, and Sam, you can give me heat for this too if you want to, but my lovely wife, Katie, makes me smoothies like two or three times a week in the mornings. So Wonderful wife you have, wow. Connor. Yeah. Well, she's up earlier than I am because she's got the central central time zone start time. So for her mm. job, Sam, what are you sipping on? Well, I am just finished up a Freem IPA, so I'm already one beer deeper than Justin. <laughs> nice. And then I am polishing it off with some Pendleton blended Canadian whiskey, Letter Buck. We've got some fun news in this. What you sipping on segment here, Climate Pledge Arena, which will soon be the home of the Seattle Kraken. You might want to call it the Crack House. I don't know. I kind of like it. It's got a ring to it. They announced their beer partners, their domestic beer, 
is Coors Light. So when the mountains are blue, they're playing hockey. I'm drinking Coors Light. And their craft beer partner will be Hop Valley Brewing. Connor sounds super excited. They could have done a lot better, but who would you have liked to seen them go with? I would have rather had someone like the shoots. Yeah. The shoots is really good. But I, I guess know. it's a nice change up from like pyramid. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fine. I mean, I, I think it's better than pyramid. I'll give, yeah. I'll give them that. So, well, there you go. What are you sipping on tonight? Um, I have a little bit left of my Glen Levette, the scotch that Ooh. one of our loyal listeners, Nick Schoenwald gifted me for my birthday. So I'm sipping on a little bit of that. And then I also have an Elysian Space Dust IPA. Remember when like Space Dust was like the shit? Like that yeah. was the IPA of the summer, like five, six years ago. I still like Space Dust. Oh, it's still great. Like, it's yeah. still great. But like that was like what everyone drank like yeah. for like an entire summer in like 2015 or something like that. But anyway, still good. It's in a can now. They have a great deal at Costco right now with a variety pack of Elysian. So oh, I got nice. myself a 24 pack and Space Dust is one of the one of the one of the drinks in there. So one of the beers. Elysian's legit. That would have been a good one too that would have been for good. climate pledge. Yep. Oh well. That or Lagunitas. Like Lagunitas is fine too. I mean, I don't yeah, know. either. I, Elysian, I would have loved Elysian. I had a really good Elysian. This is totally off topic. Yesterday, I went to Ski Crystal Mountain by myself and they Whoa. serve elk frost up there that they don't Ooh, I like sell. the sound of that. They don't sell out other, anywhere else and it's yeah. fantastic. That sounds good. Is it like an amber ale or something? Mm. Sounds like a hazy. Yeah, I think it's a hazy. It's really good. Nice. Might, might have, have to check somewhere. that out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty loyal to Steven's Pass. I'm a Highway 2 kid. <laughs> Born and raised, baby. It's just so crowded these days is what I hear. I'm not a Yeah, and you're so stuck in traffic it. for five hours coming home. Yeah. yeah, I've been stuck in traffic the last three times. Yeah. Hey, I've made some pretty good friends on the side of the road on Highway 2. So, hey, there's that. The only only spontaneous connection I've made in 365 days just about. (laughs) So, I'll take it. Well, as much as I'm sure our listeners would love to hear us, you know, just talk shit about our, you know, Highway 2 travels and skiing travels and drink choices in general... I think they're probably more listening to the podcast for for sports and the updates that we have in the off season of all of these teams that we're about to cover so we're going to start off with some sounder stuff and that's you know one of the main reasons that we have justin here is for his insight on 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 soccer in general and the mls lots of updates on on the sounders a lot has happened over the last couple of months in, in, in their off season they're about a month away a little over a month away from playing yeah, the um, first was, game was announced today. I that's believe. right. Yeah. Do you want to share with our listeners what when that first game is? And I think they even shared what what the television network would be. Oh, I didn't see that. So you'll okay. have to update me on the television network. But it is a Friday, April 16th. Mm-hmm. We are hosting the Minnesota United. And if you recall, because I know Sam will, um, that was a rematch of the Western Conference Finals where we were yeah. down, I believe, 2-0 and came back to win the game. Conference. That was so crazy. Yeah. That was a good game. So starting the season off right with that. 
yeah for sure and i believe that game is going to be on fs1 if okay yeah i haven't seen that but i'm sure you're right yeah yeah so definitely look for that you know in a little bit over a month sounders will be starting their season i think the first news that we need to get to for this offseason uh sounders segment is the chris henderson departure and probably not a lot of our listeners are familiar with the name chris henderson but he was essentially the like personnel talent kind of recruiter i guess of of the sounders um yeah yeah you have a lot more to talk about with yeah i mean you're right i mean he's like uh i don't know what his technical title was but he definitely was scouting talent basically was i think it was director of scouting or something yeah that sounds right um and so he worked with garth lagerway who's our gm to find good talent whether it's in the mls or in you know international and he was really highly regarded. It, he's rumored. He's been rumored for the last three years plus of moving on to something else or getting mm-hmm. promoted or et cetera. So, I mean, good for him. He's done a really good job. I mean, there's a reason why the Sounders have made the playoffs every year, even before Garth Lagerway was here um, and continued since Garth has been here. So Chris yep. Henderson was a huge part of scouting and welcoming new players and getting along with them and such. So that's a big loss for us. So he'll do yeah. well over in Miami, though. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, the fans down in Miami are going to be happy about having uh, someone with that level of expertise and um, and knowledge of 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 scouting. He's he's single handedly the guy that got us Nico Ladero, single handedly right. the guy that got us Raul Rui Diaz. So, I mean, the two mm-hmm. cornerstones of your franchise right there were Chris Henderson at the helm there. Um, so definitely going to be missed. Um, one of those kind of like, I feel like just underrated things that I'm just not sure. The Sounders have always had like good ownership and good like front office and stuff like that. But I mean, Chris Henderson's always been a huge part of that. So I just don't know where we're going to be whenever they, they hire a new, a new person to fulfill his role. I mean, he's been here since 2008 before the Sounders even played their first game as well. So he's been around for everything as technical director i think what his title mm-hmm. was so i mean he's been around since we recruited like freddie lundberg and freddie montero right exactly which we'll have to talk so, about that in yeah so, yeah <laughs> um yeah so obviously gonna miss chris wish him well and um you know hope he doesn't hopefully he doesn't make miami like a ultra <laughs> like uber talented team or anything like that down there but um He'll, he'll do well, I'm sure. So we'll miss him. I think the biggest news of this offseason is probably the Jordan Morris news. And it all started with uh, kind of rumors and speculation that he was going to be loaned out. Um, and for our listeners, you can maybe explain a little bit of what like loaning out a player is. Um, and th- we did end up loaning him out to Swansea City, which, albeit enough, is Justin's favorite english side team so that's, that's kind of, funny how that happened yeah, yeah kind of funny as far as just like the you know his two teams and he makes it easy to root for jordan overseas and there was no bad blood or anything like that between these these teams as far or between these two sides as far as the sounders and jordan morris jordan morris wanted i think uh an opportunity to play overseas and he had he had when he first signed with sounders it was basically between us and a German signed Warder Bremen, mm-hmm. and um, 
he chose the Sounders because he wanted to stay home. And obviously his dad is on the staff. And I think he just kind of wanted to like ease into his pro career in a little bit more of a familiar environment. But I mean, he's getting to that age, you know, what is he like 27, something like that now, 26, 27, something like that. Yeah. Um, where if he doesn't go overseas now, he's probably not going to get the opportunity. So mm-hmm. I think the Sounders realized that and um, obviously wanted to, to, make that be able to come true but still keep control of him so why don't you explain a little bit of like what a loan is yeah so let's start with a loan so in the soccer world a team can exactly what it sounds like loan like or give another team a player to borrow for a certain amount of time normally those loans are a year but sometimes they can be six months as well which is what jordan's case was Mm -hmm. where it was january to july which january and july and sometimes August, but January and July are basically when players move teams in the soccer world. That's when like quote unquote free agency happens, but right. it's called something else. Transfer um, window. Yeah. yeah. Connor, the, it, uh, as a side note, it impresses me how much, you know, about so many different sports. I can only really keep two in my head. So the, <laughs> you're the fact of that you have all this knowledge is really impressive. Um, Thank you. Um, what about me? So anyway, um, so (laughs) (laughs) yeah, soccer's not my gig, but that's okay. No, I I, I have never seen, seen, to be fair to Sam, I have never seen someone more energized to watch a U.S. men's national soccer game than Sam Hoganson. And actually us three turned together way back in 2014 for Tim Howard's crazy game against Belgium. That oh, yeah, I went and got donuts for everybody. Yeah. Chris Wondolowski could have won that game, but that's neither here nor there. Oh, he's dead to me forever. Yeah. He's dead to me. Yeah. I've yeah. just never like super got into MLS. But, yeah. I get man. it. It's, it's, it's a clunky scene, play style. Like it's yeah. definitely not the same kind of talent level that you'll see from any kind of international soccer or obviously English premier league. German league, I've also like anything seen, in Europe. Yeah, I've also seen Sam get hyped up for a USMNT versus Mexico. I've seen him get really oh, hyped yeah. up and ready for those games the as rivalry. well. Yeah, so yeah. Sam doesn't know nothing about soccer. I, well, I, I remember, check, yeah, I remember I went over to Sam's place over in Fremont for one of the uh, US men's national team games against Mexico. I think it was in the Gold Cup. It might have just been a friendly even, but um, we ended up winning. <laughs> Hell yeah, I we think. <laughs> and uh, that was the one where Michael Bradley scored from like the halfway line. Oh, oh yeah. My Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was nice. Yeah. I was going nuts. Anyway, back to Sounders stuff. So, um, so Jordan Morris, he gets loaned to Swansea. I explained what a loan was. You can borrow a player for six to 12 months. And the, oftentimes in these loan agreements, uh, the team that is loaning the player, so Swansea City in this case, has the option to buy the player at the end of the loan. So it'll right. say in the contract, hey, if you like this player, you can get them at X amount of dollars um, when his loan expires, which is what was rumored likely to happen mm-hmm. because, yep. you know, he, they really liked Jordan. They wanted to bring him over immediately without the hassle of agreeing to all the paperwork because it kind of was delayed a little bit and happened towards the end of the transfer window. So it was agreed upon. Jordan goes over to Swansea. Um, doesn't play the first couple of games, but then gets a lot of bench appearances because you have to remember the MLS was in the middle of their off season, right. but in England um, where they play, well, Swansea and Wales, but in the English premier league, uh, their season is from August to May. And so they're in the smack dab middle of their season. So he was not in mid season shape by any means. So he has to work and get, 
in shape and et cetera. And so he started to get in shape, uh, played against Manchester city and the FA cup where he started that game and then started to get many more minutes. And then unfortunately had a really, really bad injury, Connor. Yeah. Um, it was basically the worst case scenario, I think for, for Jordan, as far as like starting to really kind of solidify himself in their lineup Mm-hmm. and goes down with a season-ending ACL injury. And I think it's the opposite it's ACL. the opposite leg, yep. yeah. So um, really tough break, really, really tough break. And I know that he came back to Seattle and had mm-hmm. surgery here and I think is now back with the team technically. Um, like yeah, he's, he's, he attended the first the... practice and stuff, but yeah, he's, 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 he's not participating in anything this year. Right, he'll be out right. the whole season. No, he'll be out the whole season, but I think he's technically, he's obviously under Sounders ownership. Still yeah, now, so. so they like they recalled him from the loan and Swansea right. let that happen because it's a, of the situation. So so hopefully, I mean, I, prayers out to Jordan Morris that he gets healthy and maybe down the road he's able to get another opportunity but that's just a really tough break. Um, he, he was comeback player of the year, you know, two mm-hmm. years ago and was coming back from an ACL injury then. So obviously he could do it again, but um, you know, he's, he's also just, he's, he's getting up there in age and soccer terms, as far as getting kind of like to your prime, he's kind of like right in it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he has the talent to, to play overseas. It's just, he's just got to stay healthy. So best of best wishes to Jordan and hope he gets healthy as soon as possible. And obviously would love to see him again in rave green, but if not, um, hopefully he gets an opportunity over in, over in Europe. On another note, on a brighter note, the prodigal son has returned and the Sounders have signed back Freddie Montero. Freddie Montero. I know him. The, the club's all all time score all time goal scoring leader with sixty goals, I think he had. Uh, I don't I think, know that off the top of my head. I, I believe that's. You. I think that's the. I think that's the number. Um, and has a chance to add to that total. And he's he was obviously with the Sounders um, upon their inaugural season in mm-hmm. two thousand nine, and I think stayed with them through two thousand twelve. So he's here right. for four seasons put up 60 goals in four seasons so um obviously uh, kind of on the back half of his career right now but still an impact player he he played well for vancouver um over the last couple seasons um and excited to have freddie montero back back in rave green and obviously want to hear your thoughts on on the signing in general justin Mm -hmm. um but also want to hear possibly your thoughts on maybe this might be inklings of like a a formation change from Brian Schmetzer and and company. Yeah, for sure. So so starting with Freddie Montero, just being back, I'm pretty excited about it. I think he has something to give. Like, you know, I, I really like a lot of former sounder strikers. We've been, we've had a lot of good ones, whether it's Oba in his prime to Clint Dempsey. Thank you. Um, Getting Captain there, Sam. <laughs> yeah. Oba so we, the best, though. we've had some pretty good ones, but Freddie Montero still has a little left in the tank to give. Mm-hmm. Um, and while his numbers weren't spectacular at Vancouver last season, I think last season there was a lot going on, but especially with Vancouver, they weren't allowed to play at home. So yeah. they had to play in a Portland and there was a lot going on for that team. And it wasn't a very good team either. So he still has, and the, the season before he had, I think a double digit scoring season. So he, uh, 
he has something left to give for sure. And he's always had Seattle roots ever since he was signed here. His sisters mm -hmm. lived here. He went to actually, she went to school with a lot of my friends in Bellevue. Um, he has a coffee shop here. Like he has sure. some roots in Seattle and has always wanted to come back, which is why he went to Vancouver in the first place. Cause it was like close, close. to Seattle, but yeah. Seattle wasn't having a striker at the, didn't need a striker at the time. So he has a coffee shop here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's called like Santo or something. Santo coffee. Something. Where is it? I think it's in Bellevue. I could be totally wrong, but I think it's called yeah. that. Look Santo it up. Coffee Company. You look that up, Sam. I'll uh, do that. I want to contribute to this Sounders conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you get the coffee shop, right? Just yeah, to I'll continue with the knowledge. Um, so he, you know, what Freddie brings to the table is an element of technicality that Rui Diaz has as well. But you know, Freddie's played in Europe. He has some silky experience and etc and can still you know fire up a shot of quality from distance or you know dribble around a player too um even though he doesn't have the speed that he once has so it could be a really interesting partnership um in some games where he plays with Rui Diaz and played off each other um I, I think that could be exciting for sure yeah um yeah, I'm really excited to see how how those two interact and um, kind of getting to the formation change. It sounds like they're probably going to try to lean towards a two striker starting lineup as mm -hmm. far as a formation, um, which they've been a one striker formation for, I mean, at least since Ladero's been here. I don't know how yeah. long uh, that's, that's that's been, but yeah, since um, 2016. Yeah, we've been that four two three one almost right. exclusively. Right. So I don't know if you're looking at this more like a four, four, two, like maybe like a three, five, two, one. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I can dig into that. Um, so both, you know, when we, when we were texting about this initially, when it happened, Connor, I was thinking immediately four, four, two, or just yeah. two strikers. Um, what would that, what that mean though, is, you know, you could play flat four. And then what I mean by flat four is the midfield. Mm -hmm. You can play like two center mids and two wings, but the Sounders aren't really geared to having outside mids and we can go through their roster if we want, but like they're very central midfield heavy with Ladero and Jao Paulo and Christian Roldan um, and et cetera. So um, it almost favors a middle, like a triangle um, midfield almost where you have yeah. like maybe Jordi Delem or Jao Paulo sitting back and then you have Christian Roldan with someone else in the center and then Ladero playing like your center attacking mid is what so they call it like a 4-1-2-1-2 kind of thing yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um look at you um and nowhere we could play a 3-5-2 um which yep. would make use of probably Brad Smith's strengths and Alex Roldan who came on at the end of last season although had a very terrible game and <laughs> against the crew we don't have to talk about it yeah so uh, i think you could see in some games especially against like some of the more possessive heavy teams where we go with yamar o'neill and um ariaga in the back yeah with brad smith going on the left wing and alex Roldan on the right wing excuse me and then we have um three midfielders Roldan. Jao Paulo and then Ladero maybe just right on top of them and then with yep. the two strikers I could see that and that working pretty well too mm -hmm. so it gives us a lot of options is what this does right. because we could go back to playing a 4-2-3-1 especially if we have a striker injured and we don't have as much depth 
um, because we've played that for years and the players are comfortable with that. Or it gives us flexibility to change it up, which we haven't really had in the past, which is nice. Right. Well, it'll be really interesting to see what they do. Because um, obviously, I mean, Jordan Morris was a huge part of the formation that they had previously mm-hmm. and being that kind of ultra, ultra speedy winger on the left side, um, which they don't really have now. So they don't really have a direct replacement for. I mean, they have they have Brad Smith who could fill in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, Very different player, though. But yeah, definitely a different player. Def- uh, obviously not as technically sound as Jordan was and not... Um, nearly the the attacking option that Jordan Jordan was, um, so we'll see what happens. Um, but are you expecting any more signings? I know we have a note here that Raúl Ruiz Diaz just got a green card, so he doesn't count towards an international slot now. Mm-hmm. So they do have an international slot open. I'm not sure if they're saving that for the summer transfer window or if yeah. they're trying to make something happen before the season, but. Um, just your thoughts on that. Yeah. You know, I've been, you know, perusing the rumors and et cetera. And I, I look at it as pretty doubtful. We would get somebody before the season starts, just because if we were, we'd probably get them internationally. And Mm -hmm. as I said before, all the other leagues are going on right now. So uh, if the team loses a player, they wouldn't be able to replace them until July. Right. Um, so likely it would be not in the to mention summer. we're already we're already in preseason now basically like right right camp, so, so it's and july and this is season is starting later because of COVID, so it's not starting till mid-april and so waiting till july um sometime in july is not too long i don't sure. think sure and we can get by so i doubt it i've seen us linked with like a german winger that i didn't I that was pretty that unknown so yeah. i i don't think that's going to happen until the summer at the earliest though so. yeah I would expect more to come out in the summer. It it does. I mean, if they're if they are opening up an international slot, it does mean that they're trying to possibly make something happen this this season, though. Right. Just Correct. It's just, yeah, it's just, just probably not going to happen this window. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah, we'll definitely keep our eye out for anything that comes during like before the season. But I think likely what Justin said is is that it's going to be pretty quiet between now and then you're you're probably looking at the final roster more more or less the only other signing I think that we made was Kellen Rowe who's Correct. also a local local kid um defender right back yeah so he's played right mid and right back so he's yeah. versatile and can play both um, yeah and so. he's been with the New England Revolution I think is... yeah he was there for a while yeah. um he played on a different team too um i can't remember off the top of his top of my bed but you said it he's from this area so yeah um, happy to be here for sure yeah cool to have a, a local kid back back in the back in the fray cool uh I th- so i mean again guys be looking forward to that first match uh, in a little bit over a month friday april 16th first minnesota united i believe that is on fs1 and i think it's like a 6 30 kick um but we can verify that before the end of the episode moving on though we whoa, have whoa, whoa, whoa. yes what oh what? the coffee shop yes oh Sorry, coffee santo, shop. Yeah, you're right. You're right. santo coffee company it's in ravenna it's right next to the whole foods market it's just like two blocks east it's a legit place man 4.9 stars 142 reviews How about that okay it's like a great little place so you know Check it As out. the pandemic goes into our rear view, rear view mirror someday, hopefully soon. Looks like a cool spot to hang is it, out. Is it Colombian coffee? Local business. Yeah, it's Colombian coffee. Oh, that's dope. Okay. Yeah. 
club. It's him and his wife it's got to be opened it with another couple. Gotcha. And, I mean, four point nine stars, one hundred forty two reviews. That's pretty it's pretty decent. Shit. Yeah, they're really That's good. Really good. Yeah. So check it out. Maybe we could podcast from there someday. Who knows? Hit Freddie up. We got to DM him. Yeah. Slide in his DMs. Let's do that. <laughs> let's, let's do that. Let's do that, <laughs> let's do that hockey. Um, like cool. Yeah, I did just verify too. Their first match is at 6.30 on that Friday evening, um, April 16th. So be on the lookout for that. And um, maybe as we get a little bit closer, we'll do a little bit more of a Sounders preview as far as the season and go a little bit more in depth as far as the roster goes. But let's move on to the Mariners. And, you know, I mean, I think we should usually this time of year and especially like as spring training started a couple weeks ago, it's kind of, you know, Springs in the air, and we're we're looking forward to a new baseball season. There's promise in the air, even though that we haven't made the playoffs for the last 20 years. You know, we're thinking this is the year. But you know, the week of spring training starting, like literally like two or three days, I think before the the um I think the the team reported to camp was a a video got leaked of the team. Was he the president? He was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, I'm just, I want to get his, his title right. I think he was the president. Yeah. Former president. Former president. Donald Trump. Just kidding. Uh, Kevin Wait. Mather. Same, same. Yeah. Kind of. Um, not Oof. far off. A, a video leaked of Kevin Mather um, that of a discussion that he had with the Bellevue Rotary Club. So you can already picture the, the, the ambiance of that zoom discussion <laughs> and the audience that he was delivering this speech to um, really white and really old <laughs> and really rich um, had some very controversial comments to say the least um, talked very openly and very uh, disrespectfully of a bunch of the Seattle Mariners players and prospects um we wanted to go into like super great detail but essentially told you know reporters or i guess not, not even reporters this bellevue rotary club that uh players like uh, some of the international players that we've had with whether it be prospects or mlb ready guys like uh hasashi wakuma you might you guys might recognize that name um, he had an interpreter and Kevin Mather basically openly slandered his interpreter and, and Iwakuma that he wasn't, um, he was tired of paying the interpreter and that his English wasn't good enough for being here for so long. <laughs> nice. And uh, Julio Rodriguez, who's our second prospect in or second best prospect in, in the, the minors. Um said that he didn't speak good English, which is for, like as far from the truth as you could be. Like he's, he's originally from the Dominican, I believe. So like, obviously like Spanish is his, his first, first language. Um, I'm surprised nobody asked uh, former president Kevin Mathers, if he went to the Dominican Republic, how his Spanish would be. Yeah, exactly. Right. What a um, dumb shit. Yeah. And but Julio has made the, like, he has made such an effort to learn English well, to be able to 
play not only in the MLB, but be able to talk freely and openly in an interview and in conversations with in English. And he speaks perfect English. Like you, he does interviews all the time. He was just on an interview this morning on, on the radio that I heard. Um, and he speaks perfect English. Like there, there's nothing wrong with his English. Like the craziest part about this story too, is like, nobody asked him about how players no, it was speak unprompted. English. Like he just, unprompted i don't know if he was high or drunk or both or whatever yeah. he just his mind went to like oh yeah like they don't speak good english like, okay we're more interested Oof. in how they play baseball bud right which he had plenty to say about that too i mean he said that this is kyle seager's last year yep um openly <laughs> oh but he's he's a former you know seattle or he's a future seattle manners hall of famer but yeah he's done after this but yeah he's just <laughs> he's gone yeah we're not interested in resigning him though um <laughs> and then yeah i mean obviously the the biggest thing to come out of it i think was the jared kellenic drama and i think you probably need to like, back it up a little be- bit not necessarily back it up this needs to be explained correctly yeah. and like let people know who jared kelenic is first sure and yeah maybe contextualize it the best way to contextualize what connor's going to explain to you is imagine if this was in the late 80s and the and the mariners president were saying the same things about ken griffey jr pretty Dan much Hill. yeah i mean he's not He's not the number one prospect in baseball, but he is a top five prospect in baseball. So is Julio Rodriguez, by the way. Right now, uh, MLB Prospects has him at the number four as the number four prospect in the MLB. And he, a lot of people thought that he probably should have come up at the end of last year in kind of like a 60 game season where the playoff format was weird. And, um, probably could have helped the team like i mean they were kind of right on that fringe where like the playoffs were expanded basically so i think it was eight teams per league where it's usually five and the 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 mariners i think were kind of like in that eight nine ten range towards like that last like week and a half two weeks and someone like jared kelnick could have come up and uh possibly helped us surge into the playoffs um albeit towards the bottom of the playoffs uh, seating wise but um decided not to call him up and um he's obviously been invited to spring training um to try out for the major league team and um the thing is though is that if we were to debut him as a mariner um on the opening day roster we would essentially lose a year of control club control on him. Whereas if we started him in triple a, which by the way, he has never at gotten in that bad at triple a he, the furthest that he's gotten is double a. Um, so they have every reason to give him some triple a at bats to start with. Um, but obviously an uber talented prospect and for, I mean, for all intents and purposes is probably ready to make an MLB debut. If they keep him down for about, I think it's three weeks in AAA and then debut him in the MLB after that, you gain that year of club control back. Um, 
And so essentially what happened this last off season, and actually it wasn't this off season, it was the off season before, like going into the pandemic ridden season, the Mariners made an offer to Jared Kelnick, an extension offer. And uh, it was kind of like, it, it's, it's an offer that like will set you up for life. I don't know. I don't know what the exact terms were, but it was a similar offer to like what they agreed to with Evan White, who had never made an MLB appearance whenever he got his offer and signed his deal. And so Jared Kelnick got a similar offer, but a little bit better because he's a better prospect. Ended up not signing that and betting on himself. And the Mariners, he, he, he's taking this as the Mariners are punishing him for not signing that deal. And that's why they're not going to, didn't call him up at the end of last year and probably not going to make the opening day roster. Um, and so Kevin Mather's comments, to get back to those, essentially alluded to that whole, that whole club control aspect of it as far as the, the Mariners wanting to hold him down in AAA, but he's still going to make an April debut. So he's going to be up, you know, three weeks into the season, four weeks into the season. Um, but because they're doing it that way, they would, they would gain that year of club control and he'd be eligible for arbitration one year later than usual, which basically means he's able to like negotiate and free agency and stuff like that and make more money. Um, so it's, it's a confusing topic. It's, it, there's a lot to it. Um, and it's, it's complicated because of all the things at work. And um, obviously Kevin Mather showed his hand, but that doesn't necessarily mean what they were intending to do with Jared Kelnick from a development standpoint. He, point is he's, he's never had a triple A at bat. Like he, he's never, and, and they have called people up from double A to the majors before, but that's not, that's not typical, you know? Um, so it'll be really interesting to see what they decide to do with Jared Kelnick. The biggest thing I guess that just happened is that he has an injury now and yeah, Sam, did you want to talk about his injury? I've just been talking a lot, so no, no worries. I think his injury, he got a sprain to his adductor in his knee in his knee. Yep which is usually at least a couple of weeks. I guess he's on the record yep. saying that he's going to rehab it in a matter of a week, which would mm -hmm. be pretty incredible, but he is an elite athlete. So with, you know, the great training staffs in professional sports, I wouldn't rule that outside the realm of possibility. My guess is that he'll be ready to go opening day, regardless of his injury yeah. status today. But like you said, it'll be really interesting to see what the Mariners end up doing, especially now that their dipshit former president went on the record. And it was like right. a recorded Zoom call. Yep. Like, yeah. what was he thinking? It's obviously, it's being recorded. The red what light's you, on, just like just like it is right now for us. So It's pretty obvious. So if you're interested, I'm pretty sure it's like an hour, hour and a half long. I think it was 40 minutes, yeah. Oh, I thought it was longer than that, but was it? Wow, he's I dropping some so. bombs in 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, the point is now that it's out in the open, maybe the Mariners kind of tuck their tail between their legs and just yeah. kind of 
if he's healthy, put him out there on opening day roster to kind of save face a little bit and be like, right. Oh, I mean, are they going to be pressured to do that? Like that's, yes. that's the, well, that's I, the biggest I feel thing. like they are right. I mean, the, the media has tried picked up on this pretty bad. Sure. Yeah. Um, and and baseball is- doesn't have a salary cap. And so, right. You no, know, it's not like they have to worry about being under the cap. Right. And the sure. thing about it too, is like this whole, playing games with starting their, you know, years of service or whatever they call it yeah. is not an uncommon thing. All nope. other baseball franchises do this, but there's so much more scrutiny on the Mariners now because of this dummy went on. Yeah. You don't go on public record and no. say that as, as is. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, like Sam was saying, like the, this, this is a practice that's been done by a bunch of different clubs. I know that the Cubs did it with Chris Bryant, I think a number of years ago, um, as far as just kind of like delaying their service time so that they could, they could keep him under control for a year longer. But you also have to think that like, I mean, is this just playing checkers when you could be playing chess? And like, I mean, like, shouldn't your goal to be like, to obviously reward the players that earn it in your system, but also like make good relationships with those players. Like if you're setting them off this early in their career, should we expect Jared Kelnick to ever sign an extension with the Mariners at this point? This is a great point. This is like one of my biggest takeaways outside of the specific absurdities that Kevin Mathers threw out there on this call. The biggest takeaway that I had at a higher level is exactly this point. It's a shitty thing to do to the individual player to do, you know, jockey around terms of service or years of service, but it's a good business decision for the Mariners. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that in, in itself and a bunch of other conversations that Kevin Mathers mentioned, it's like the Mariners are a business and they run it like a business. They're not in the business of winning games. They're in the business of not losing money. Right. And like the one thing that he did say, and I don't know exactly how he said it, that totally was a Trumpism is he was like, Oh yeah. You know, in the tough year of COVID, like, you know, we didn't lose as much money as everybody else. We're in a really good spot financially compared to everybody else. Well, you didn't make the freaking playoffs. Yeah, you guys suck. A shit. Yeah. yeah, your I don't fans care don't what give a money, shit. I don't care what your financial position. So it's just like, to me, as a lifelong Mariners fan, it's insight into what I've been suspecting for the last two decades of my life. It's like, right. we're not in the business of winning baseball games. We're not in the business of winning playoffs. We're in the business of just, you know, we're, you know, medium market, medium to large market. We just want to like, you know, run our business over here and do okay. And until that changes, like how could you expect anything different than what we've gotten? Like that's my biggest takeaway. Everything is about sure. the business. It's not about winning games. Well, and that's... it's about winning games. Kellenick is playing last year. Yep. Guaranteed. Well, and it's, it's ownership versus front office, right? Like, I mean, the ownership I think is, has just openly displayed what you just talked about as far as their, their view of, of the team, they look at it as a business and they just want to be somewhat profitable every year. Um, whereas, you know, I, I, I mean, I think Jerry DePoto and Scott service, their heads of like the baseball side of things, they want, they want to win. Like they want to get a winning team on the field. Obviously Scott service does like, I mean, his job's on the line for that. 
Um, but Jerry Depoto is a huge, huge part of that as well as, as GM. So. Um, yeah. And I think they've both done a really good job. I mean, you just like, yeah. we've kind of already alluded to, you look at the top 100 prospect rankings in 2021 Mariners have six on the list. Jared Kelnick at four, Julio Rodriguez at five, Emerson Hancock, 31, Logan Gilbert at 33. So you got two outfielders, two mm-hmm. pitchers, George Kirby, right-handed pitcher at 92, and Taylor Trammell rounds it out at the 100 spot. Yep. Like this is the youngest, most raw, talented Mariners team that we've had since the early 90s. And Easily. The, yeah, and the exciting part about this year is they might not they might not make the playoffs again this year. <laughs> probably won't. Them. Probably <laughs> won't make the ta- yeah. the playoffs again this year. But you are going to see a bunch of these young pieces debut this year. You're going to see Jared Kelnick debut. Yeah. You're going to see Taylor Trammell play. You're going to see uh um uh Logan Gilbert. Yep. You might see Emerson Hancock by the end of the year. You probably won't see Julio Rodriguez. It's possible he's a September call-up, but he'd be having to rake down in double and triple A at that point. Yeah. Um, he's coming back from an injury. Um, and then uh, George Kirby could debut this year as well. Like I, all those guys basically could debut this year. And that's the exciting part of this year, right? That's, that's what you look forward to this year. I'm just hoping to have a fun, energetic team. Yep. And at least be a respectable team that can win any game on any day. Well, and plus you got the rookie of the year coming back and, you know, fucking yeah. Kyle Lewis. So, yeah, like, I, know. Th- I mean, that's uh, that's reason enough to be excited. And Haniger's still young. He's looking really good in spring training coming back yeah. from his, you know, awful injury. Yep. Yep. For sure. So yeah. I'm kind of optimistic that it'll be an exciting, fun team to watch. But again, like, I can't expect us to be out there winning games until I see it. Right. I want to be in playoff contention in 2022. That's what I want. I think oh, with, these, with these guys. I, I think that's, I think that's like bare minimum yes. at this point. Yeah. Right. I want to be in the playoffs in 2022. Well, of course yeah. I do too. But if we're not in contention, like I want, then I want it blown up into. I want to, I want to win yeah. the West in 2022. The I mean, Astros are going down. That yeah that's true the a's are always like yeah you know <laughs> Billy Bean. yeah they're always there um the angels are kind of always a mess 500 ish yeah even though they have mike <laughs> trout yeah um and then the rangers, rangers i don't think they're they're yeah. up and down yeah so i mean i think uh, this is this is for sure a team on the rise yeah how, how high they go i don't know but it's for sure a team on the rise and the upside is 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 literally a world series so there's reason to be excited we are the mariners connor yeah i'm saying that's the upside i'm saying that's the upside (laughs) if everything goes correctly they will win the world series yeah i mean that's a true statement but everything probably won't go right (laughs) as we've seen play out for many many years 20 straight years you'd, you'd be fired up to even be in the playoffs though right oh my god yeah dude i'd be pumped yeah this i was how old was I? I was nine years old the last time we were in the playoffs. That's yeah, ridiculous. It's, it's crazy. And you know who's going to put us over the top? James Paxton. He's back. Oh, yeah. Big, Big maple, maple, baby. <laughs> so, Do you think he'll be number two in the rotation? 
behind Marco? Uh, probably three or four. Really? Yeah. The the thing is though, we so we're gonna go with a six man rotation is the rumor. Ooh. Yeah. Five of those six guys are lefties. Is Kikuchi lefty? Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah, that's and right. that's yeah. that's probably your number two. So it's it's okay. Marco, you say Kikuchi, James Paxton, Justice Sheffield, and then they just signed a fifth guy that's like a lefty as well. And then it's either going to be Justin Dunn or something Flexen or something like that. I think that's going to start as yeah. well. And then, I mean, Logan Gilbert, I think, is on the outside looking in. He'll probably – he'll make a debut probably in the first one or two months is my guess, but I don't think he'll break camp with the big league club is my guess. So, Hunter, can I ask a quick question before yeah. we move on? Yeah. Um, so as somebody that's kind of fallen out of baseball in the last couple of years um, – <laughs> There's, there's no shame in that. By the way. It's been uh, admitting tough. it. Um, what are the advantages besides, like you know, of obvious of an extra day's rest? But what are the advantages of going to a six to, six man rotation versus the normal five? Is it because you don't have as strong of a rotation, so you don't want the same guys? Is it rest? Yeah, like, what are the benefits? Spread out the innings a little bit more is the biggest okay. thing. Um, and yeah, it would allude to like, you probably don't have a strong top of your rotation, which we don't like, I mean, right. Marco being our ace, like he's probably on most teams at two or three. Okay. Good pitcher, but like not, yeah, just not an ace, not yeah. a true ace. Like sure. uh, as far as like who could be an ace on our team, like that's when you're looking at Logan Gilbert, right? Like that's, mm -hmm. that's a guy that could be an ace. A George Kirby could be an ace and Emerson and Hancock. Like those guys have the velocity in their in their ball to be able to be an ace um it'll be interesting to see how paxton does coming off injury too and well it's it's an incentive laden deal it's a one-year deal literally no risk like i mean he's coming back to a team that he's familiar with and had success with and he's yeah. trying to get back to his roots a little bit struggle with the yankees the past couple of years as far as like i mean he did okay i think two years ago but really struggled with injuries last year um and just like consistency and I think he just kind of wants some familiarity more than anything. Um, so he's familiar with, with, with our team and he's done well in our ballpark before. Um, Pitcher and, friendly, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I, if, if he does well, I wouldn't rule it out that we send him to an extension. We'll see what happens. I, I don't think he's going to break the bank again. So we'll see what happens. Cool guys. Well, anything else that you wanted to round out Mariners talk with, but I mean, there's, there's still two topics that we got to get to. So yeah, we got some meat left on the bone on this bad boy. Yeah. We got football, football, football to talk about now. Love me some football. <laughs> and we'll start it off with Seahawks. Oh shit. Justin. <laughs> yes, sir. You have, you have not been on with us this off season to talk about the Russell Wilson drama. I have not. Man. I really, really want to hear your, your thoughts on the whole thing. And I mean, it, anything that you can add, obviously there's been like some new quote unquote developments over the past, you know, week or week or two. It's basically like, there's like a leaked article basically, you know, every week. Sure. And it seems, seems very much, you know, that Mark Populated. Rogers, yeah. Mark Rogers is driving the boat here and he's trying to keep Russ's name in the news basically. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, what are what are your general thoughts about it? What I mean, do you think that a trade could happen any minute? Do you think that 
we're a year away from a trade? Do you think this is all just overblown and Russ is a Seahawk for life? Where are you at with this? So I'm on neither end of the extreme spectrum. So I don't think he's going to get traded tomorrow yep. uh, because that would be really, really dumb for the Seahawks to do. Um, and I don't think necessarily at this moment we can see like, oh yeah, Russell for life, Seahawks till 2030. <laughs> like I don't, I, don't, I don't see that happening either. <laughs> um the earliest he would be traded like if the seahawks were to trade him would be after the june 2nd i forget the exact date but whatever the I think like, it's june 1st yeah june 1st that would be after that date when there'd be less dead money um right. but i i foresee a situation where russell's likely a seahawk this season mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, that's my prediction i i think yeah, he'll be I, here this season i think it's really hard for us to move him this yeah. season yeah i agree and um there's obviously like noise about like the bears making literally quote unquote, making a run at a trade for Russell. What does that mean? Like, what do they have to offer? Like Trubisky? They literally literally have the least amount of capital of the teams that he's like like, their draft, like their number, their first round draft pick this season is not great. If we were to give them Russell Wilson, they're not, they're not going to be in the bottom 16 or whatever. So I heard heard a guy on the radio say this morning, like if we're trading him to the bears, I want their first round pick for the next 20 years. (laughs) <laughs> at least the next 10 while russell's there yeah. yeah like we're at that stage as far as like the capital that they actually have i mean obviously we'd have to get someone like khalil mack i'm sure oh yeah like that would have to be a part of the package and, and i mean we we would have to get a quarterback out of the deal probably too like we'd probably end up with nick Foles, which would suck but yeah i mean excite me I, I, hey guys I we got geno smith we're gonna be chilling <laughs> we're gonna be fine yeah yeah i don't i don't uh, think that um yeah i don't I agree with you, Justin. I I don't think anything's probably going to happen this off season. And you mentioned that June first date. And for those that don't know, if if we trade him before June first, we take a thirty mi- thirty nine million dollar dead cap hit, which is seven million dollars more than if he's on the roster. Really bad. So it's no yeah, not ideal. Um, I don't, especially with covid and the salary cap going down like that's literally just blowing up your roster at that point yeah you can't eat that um and if they do it after june 1st the draft is already passed so like what are you actually trading for at that right. point so it just it really doesn't make a lot of sense to trade him this off season um i think that being said what you were alluding to justin like probably not a seahawk for life and if we're going to get the most bang for buck it might be after this season right with two years left on his deal we don't take that much of a dead cap hit right um sam and i talked about it on the last episode though it's it's gonna depend a lot on how this not only this offseason goes but how does this next season go like do they make a run do they like it's it's not about just getting in the playoffs obviously right like they have to like basically probably make a super bowl and do it in a way that russ believes that it's like sustainable I think it happens one of two ways. Either A, we make the Super Bowl and, you know, we have some magical run, even if it's defense inspired, which, you know, sounds crazy, but would love that. Um, (laughs) Or B, we make the playoffs, but somehow Shane Waldron and Russell Wilson get along beautifully. He has more autonomy on the offense. Sure. He's getting um, like what he wants in play calling and being able to run. The, more of the offensive style and autonomy and the huddle and whatever he wants, he's getting that uh, from Pete Carroll and Waldron and et cetera. Um, 
that would be one of the two ways. Um, you can say that's not likely and whatever, and I can agree with you, but those are the two ways I think it extends beyond the season. Yeah. I mean, winning cures a lot. And then obviously like Shane Waldron's the huge wild card in this, right? right? Like it's, it's a Russ hire. Like he was obviously in the room as far as, and not actually physically in the room, but in the zoom room or whatever they were interviewing over Mm -hmm. um, and had input on that. Do we Um, know that though? Like that's kind of what he's been bitching about. Is like, well, I haven't been. Well, that's why. That's why the timing's so weird, though. Like this. This isn't a Pete Carroll hire. Are you kidding me, dude? This, like, yeah, this doesn't seem saying. like Pete doesn't... Carroll hire. Yeah, Shane Waldron's not a Pete Carroll. Hire. Like Russ had input on that, dude. Like that. There's, mm-hmm. and that's what's even, driving me crazy. Is he even if he's consistent not... with what he's saying? He's oh, saying absolutely. Some, he's talking crazy talk, man. Absolutely. <laughs> there, there's no doubt that like that like. They're trying to play the cards that they're dealt right now, but it's a shitty hand of cards as far as like what they're what they're laying out there. Because, yeah, I mean, you go back to the fact that Russ is literally coming off the worst stretch of his career. Yeah, like it looks like you're deflecting at that point, and um, the offensive line, while not like really good or anything like that, it was improved this year for the most part. Yeah. Not at the end of the year, but like overall, no, overall spectrum of it, I think was better. And Russell was responsible for the highest percentage of sacks in a season yeah. this and year I, in his entire career. Like, I think the biggest problem that I have with it, Sam, is just that he he took no accountability for any of it. Yeah. Like he deflected all blame. And sure, if you're looking at quotes, he said like I can do better too, but he glossed over that shit. If you're yeah. actually watching or listening to that interview with Dan Patrick, like if I'm Dwayne Brown left tackle, I'm punching Russell in the face. Good. Can I jump in? Yes, go ahead. Hey guys. Um, so I, I disagree with that a little bit. Um, so can I, can I jump Justin in can, and then Justin can, can, I, talk. can I say something? Yeah. I'm going to rail him, oh, but go ahead. that's fine. Me. I'm speaking. I'm speaking. Thank you. Um, Russell Wilson had a lot of sacks on him. I don't, that's a, just an undisputable fact. What was it like 13 that were attributed? I don't know how the, it was double digits. 33%. Sure. Um, that were his fault. The pass blocking rates for the Seattle Seahawks were near the absolute bottom of the league last season. It's just not sustainable for an all-star quarterback or a top five NFL quarterback, which I think both of you agree that he is correct. Yeah, but how do they get when the pass blocking rates? What do you mean? Like the pass blocking grades? Yeah, like where are those coming from? Are you from? looking at like PFF? or? Yeah, like PFF or advanced analytics and that but sort like, of thing. Well, like what's a bad grade? Like letting up a sack? Oh, sure. I mean, there are a few things that again, I'm not, I can't explain the whole formula, but I'm just looking at these guys' numbers and there's a few different ones. Are they bottom half of the league or like? Like bottom, bottom five? five. Yeah, pass blocking specifically, not run blocking. Hmm. Um, and so there are a few things that go into it. I'm sure Russell plays a part in that ranking, but it's yep. all like, yes. um, you know, time, you know, time, the edge rushers getting around a certain offensive lineman and, you know, and that sort of thing. So, sure. um, especially the right side of our line at the end of last season was no good. Yeah. Like um, I'm not going to defend the offensive line. They're not, they're not, they're good. not great, but I mean, I understand why a top five NFL quarterback wants a really good offensive line to project, you know, to prolong his career, to, Russell Wilson uses this word legacy a lot 
and he wants to be remembered as this, you know, great short quarterback. I think like the greatest short quarterback ever. I'm making up things now, but like he, he cares a lot about his image and legacy. Yes. What Russell doesn't have going for him is this part you've already mentioned in, you know, himself attributing sacks to him. Number two, the leaking of individual teams he would like to play for. I think that's irked a lot of people the wrong way. I think there are ways to go about it and you can speak publicly, but like saying like, oh, you know, I don't want to get traded, but yeah, I could play with the Bears or the Raiders or the Cowboys, which it's not going to happen now, but um, I think that that's a pretty bad move personally. Um, and then oh, number three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh man. What was my third point? It was really good. Um, I'll get back to you on my third point, but it was a really good no one. That was right. in your favor. So here's the deal. Let me sure. ask you a question. Why do you think our offensive line is not good? Why? I mean, that's a, I'm sure there are multiple answers for that. Okay, just super simple. Like, if we don't have the players. Our, play, our, offensive yeah, our players aren't good. Yeah, for sure. Why do we not have better players on the offensive oh, line? Oh, this is my third point. Thank you for reminding me. Um, You're welcome. He, yeah, he uh, after the Super Bowl, he mentions Tom Brady a lot. Thank yep. you. And how he uh, wants to emulate that style. And Brady, you know, is so great, yada, yada, yada. Insert adjective. Brady, for years with the Patriots, took way less money than mm-hmm. he had to. Mm-hmm. And even with the Buccaneers, where he did, he is making more money than he's accustomed to. It's definitely less than other star quarterbacks, but also Brady's at the tail end of his career. Yeah. Yada, yada. 43 um, or whatever. But, you know, it's not a total team detrimental deal. Whereas Russell Wilson is taking the max money. And I don't blame anyone for taking the max money that they can. Like, you know, football is a short career. You have to make as much money as you can, yada, yada. But at the same time, where Sam's point, if you're going to take all this money, don't bitch and moan about you know, not having enough players or cap space when you have, um, when you're taking up the majority of the cap, majority being like the highest played player by double, I think over Bobby. So um, I get both sides. I tend to always lean on the player side, just like I would in the NBA, but there are points that definitely do rub me the wrong way um, that I agree with you guys. Here's some numbers for you. Well, I'm gonna, we're going to go around the horn here. If you had to rank Tom Brady as a quarterback in today's NFL, where do you mm. think he would fall? Top five, top 10? Probably top 10. Top 10. I wouldn't say top five, yeah. Okay. Well, based on his current contract, do you guys have any guess on where he ranks? I'm guessing bottom half, like near 16 to 20th is my guess. I would have guessed, like, guessed like 12 or 13. Dead center, 16. Mm. He's the 16th highest paid quarterback. Russell Wilson is fourth. Mm-hmm. That is a top. massive problem. It's like, hello? Oh, yeah, you know, I was watching the Super Bowl and Tom Brady's got all this great surrounding cast. He's getting paid half as much as you are. Average per year, Tom Brady, $25 million. Russell Wilson's average per year on his contract is upwards of 35 million. Mm-hmm. It's like $10 million difference. You know how much you could use that? It's enough for a Corey Lindsley. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> well, what, well, what I was going to say is it, the biggest thing, if you're going to take up that much cap room is that the, the amount that you can miss in free agency obviously lessens, Right. 
The Seahawks have missed a lot in free yes, agency. They have. They have. Like they have sucked at spending money in the offseason. Um, which we will talk about free agency here in a second. But I think that's that's one of Russ's arguments, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's a huge part of it is that I mean, and they haven't spent any money on the offensive line, like ever. Like they 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 bought Brandon Shell on a like a five million dollar deal or something like that last year like it's not for, big money yeah. for a good offensive line or for any no, offensive line. no and yeah. he probably overperformed the contract like to be fair like i think he was he was pretty decent but yeah it, it's not like they're getting elite offensive linemen in free agency and they're also drafting like shit at least they i mean they they did whenever tom cable is in in town <laughs> yeah um, i think they i think they have been better the last couple of years like they I mean, damian lewis looks good Damian Lewis is legit. Like I think Phil Haynes could be okay. Um, yeah. Jordan Simmons, yeah, he's. Mm. He, I mean, he's kind of like a. He's he's a replaceable player, right? He's like yes. a he's like a guy that can fill in, but you don't really want him like as your starter. Um, but anyway, I I think that they've they've done a little bit better in free or, or sorry with uh with drafting lately in offensive linemen, but. Um, they have sucked in free agency. There was a long period of drafting where they were not good after their heralded season. Oh yeah, for sure. And you're seeing the, I mean, you're seeing the ramifications of that now. Like this yeah. is, this is all what's coming to fruition now is, is those draft classes. Like you don't, mm-hmm. you don't usually feel that right away. You feel that four or five years down the road exactly. and that's where we're at right now. Um, but nonetheless, this is a huge and a really interesting and intriguing free agency market that we're about to hit into and obviously um the cap the salary cap that you've alluded to justin is going down for the first time in like 10 years or something like that um i think and i think in 2012 was like a flat cap so it wasn't didn't even really go down um and obviously pandemic ridden season it's it's down i think the final number now is 182.5 million and it was at 198.5 so 16 million dollar difference there a significant cut um so that being said not only is it going to be interesting to see what some of these players are paid in free agency but this next week is going to be fascinating and already has been as far as some of the players that are being cut because teams can't afford them anymore and, and they're bad contracts as far as what what the salary cap is for this this season. And so there's going to be a lot more intriguing names in free agency this year than there have been in years past. And it's probably going to be a little bit more of a loaded class, which could honestly work in less of their favor as far as getting money too. Not only is there less money to be given, but there's also more more guys to sign at that point, right? Supply and demand. Exactly. It's simple economics here. Yeah. Thank you, Justin. Um, so cap casualties, right? That, that's a huge thing. And, and one of the ones that we just experienced here in Seattle is Carlos Dunlap. I mean, literally the, the defensive player of the year in the second half of the year, like the turnaround player for the defense. Yeah. And his cost was too much in in Pete Carroll and John Schneider's eyes uh, at 14.1 mil is what he was going to count against the cap this this next season and so I think I think they're definitely hoping to get him back but by cutting him there's obviously no guarantees there and I think they had probably like the the rumor is they had 
if, if they weren't able to work out an extension, they were going to let him explore the market. And um, he could learn out, learn quickly that, I mean, there's, there's quite a few pretty good edge rushers out there on the, on the, on the free agency wire at this point um, and not a lot of money to be spent. So maybe he doesn't make up that 14.1 that he thought that he could make up. He won't. Um, There's no way. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens, but uh, I, a huge loss at this point. Right. And some, something that you're going to have to replace, whether it's with him or without him. Um, didn't use the franchise tag on anyone this year. So I'm, I don't think any of us are surprised by that unless you guys have anything else to say about that. I mean, Carson and Griffin were the big ones that we were unsure about if they would use it, but I think like it's status quo. Like we didn't think they were going to use those. Yeah. I mean, at that point, I don't think either of those players are good enough at their position where you're willing to pay top dollar for a year. Right. Definitely not at the running back position. Right. If, either of the two would have, it probably would have been Griffin. He's going to be, you know, top of the market for corners in this free agency yeah. off season. But odds are you could, if you are able to re-sign him, you're going to get him cheaper than the franchise anyway. So I'm not surprised, but there's a lot of, I mean, like you said, this free agency season is going to be wild. There's going to be a lot of names out there like a Carlos Dunlap, and a lot of sexy names. There's, mm-hmm. un, you know, there's hundreds of others that are being cut just like him that are really solid, savvy veteran players that are getting cut just because their contract is slightly overvalued. Normally, a team would just eat that and keep the solid player. Alvin Noy is another name out there that's like he's a legit linebacker, but he is yeah. on a ten plus million dollar contract. Dolphins cut him. Yep. And there's going to be a lot of them out there, so it'll be interesting to see how. You know, in a lot of ways, I think NFL rosters could be shuffled more this offseason than maybe in any year that we can remember. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, we obviously kind of have like a a template of names right now in the free agency market, but that's going to change. Like even at, yeah. even, even as tomorrow, like yep. when this episode goes up, there's probably going to be more names out there um, at each of these positions that we're looking at. But I think we should we should outline the situation that we have here for the for the Seahawks this free agency um, or as free agency is is approaching here and we have I, I put 18 mil here but I think with the final number today they have about 20 mil or so in in cap space going into this offseason um, and so I think the biggest free agency needs slash I guess just needs in general so obviously it's either free agency or draft they're going to address these needs. They're going to need both a center and a guard starting center and guard. Um, obviously Ethan Postick there uh, is a free agent, so they could sign him back if they wanted to. Um, Hope not. Yeah. I, I think he's at best a below he's, average. He's a bottom center. tier center. I think, yeah. I mean, we could get him yeah. cheaper though. So if we had to, right. Um, hopefully we don't have to resort to that. Uh, left guard, Mikey Apati just announced that he was retiring, so we have to replace him. Um, some interesting names there at, at that guard position that could fulfill that need. Tight end is is a need. Um, Jacob Hollister is out. Luke Wilson, I think, is out as well. So I think we're left with Will Disley and who am I forgetting? 
there's one more guy I feel like. I know Will Disley's the main one, but I Kobe feel like we Parkinson. have someone else. Oh, yeah, Kobe Parkinson. Yep, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So depending on how you look at it, you could be looking at a tight end one or two. Um, it depends if you see Will Disley as an every down, every down player um, starter in this league. I think he is if he's healthy, which is a big if. A big yeah. if. It's a big if. Taking and it de- opportunities that he's had so far. One, yeah, it, it depends on the on the scheme, I think, a lot, too. We don't know how Shane Waldron's going to use someone like Will Disley. So um, wide receiver three. They definitely need a third wide receiver. David Moore is a free agent now, um, and I think we can do a lot better. I think all of us agree on that. Uh, running back, Chris Carson, probably the biggest loss on the offense, I would say. Um, and going to have to replace him. Uh, someone like Rashad Penny could end up, you know, filling that role as, as, as running back one, especially in an off-tackle offense like Shane Waldron tends to run. That tends to – that would that – would, definitely I think favor a Rashad Penny running style but there's definitely some interesting names out there at running back that we're going to need some depth I think at that position uh defensive end one obviously just cut Carlos Dunlap and he could just fulfill that role right back in if we sign him to a lower contract but we'll see about that cornerback one I'm a little bit worried about this one um Shaquille Griffin was too expensive for what he was, but um, obviously we're going to have to sign someone at at that cornerback position. And then I just have down here as defensive tackle, just depth, just in general. I I don't know if we need like a true, like every down player at that position, but we need someone just to, to, to be a body that can plug some holes, be a fat guy and plug some holes. Sign Um, me up. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. So all right, Sam will do that one. So we checked that one <laughs> off the list. Um so let's let's start here on the offense though, and let's just start from the top. What are some guard names that you guys are looking at um that are in this free agency pool? And uh where do you think we go with you with with this signing? And um do you think they look towards the draft or do you think we're gonna go expensive, cheap, all that? Justin, why don't you start? Yeah, Connor, you told us how to say his name before the show, but I forget. Joe Thune. Joe Thune, that's right. Um, that would be my ideal signing, like no money and involved. And that's, that's top of the market there. Correct, right. He's the best guard on the market. Yep. But we he have made, a lot of... He made $14.8 million last year, just FYI. He did, but you went through a pretty extensive list of needs the Seahawks have. I did. And so uh, with that being said, I don't think we'll be able to afford him. Uh, That's who I want. I could see us going for someone that um, I forget his first name, but Williams out of Buffalo is Mm -hmm. said to be cheaper. Yep. Um, That you guys will share your picks. I could see us going there as well, but I think regarded as the best, like who would be the best fit um, would be Joe Thune. Yeah. I mean, I would say the same thing. He's the best out there right now. would love to have him, but as you alluded to, we signed him, then we better address the rest of these needs in the draft because that's going to eat up, you know, two thirds of our cap space. Right. Um, I would like to kick the tires on Senio Kelamete. I know Connor has that as his pick here as well. Former Husky, you know, he's been a, a solid guard in the nfl for a long time probably coming up on a decade i'd imagine in the nfl so i'd 
be interested to see if he's got anything left in the tank. But another name on the list that's intriguing to me is, you know, coming full circle here is checking out what James Carpenter can do. He's yep. obviously really familiar with Seattle Seahawks. We drafted him. And I think, you know, at least me personally, I thought while he struggled in his earlier years, it seemed like he really started to come on towards the end of his rookie deal. And I was bummed to see him move on from the Seahawks, but he's still got, you know, years in the tank. I'd love to to see him come back in the fold. And I think we could get him at a reasonable price, especially this off season. Yeah, it's a good call out. Um, I, I, I would be fine with either of those two signings probably. Um, the other guy that I'm going to add to the list here that I didn't have on our, on our pool here in the notes is uh, Austin Blythe and he's yeah. the Rams guard. Um, and I don't, I guess I don't know if he played left or right guard, but usually those are typically decently interchangeable. I think it matters more at tackle if you're playing left yeah. or right, but guards tend to be able to switch from side to side, but obviously with us hiring Shane Waldron, I think, some Rams players could be popping up in free agency as far as guys that are intriguing to, especially the off offensive side of the ball. So I would look at someone like Austin Blythe um, made 3.9 million last year. I think signing him to, you know, like a one or two year deal, three to 4 million per year, I think is very affordable for, for a starting left card um, and might not make, Russell Wilson happy as far as splashy dollars, but I think probably those splashy dollars could be, could be spent on center. And that's the next well, position that we have up here. Funny that you bring that up too. I actually really like bringing Blythe into the conversation because he's played center and I think he played center for the Rams last year. Yeah. And I think the consensus there was that he actually performed better at center than he did guard. So that's so, an intriguing option for sure. Yeah. You'd love to have somebody that has, you know, versatility to their game and could play either guard position or center. I really like that pick. I hadn't thought of that, but I would consider changing my pick. That's, me. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, any other guards that you guys want to mention? Richie Ed Cognito. <laughs> stop gap if anything sexy name but no he's 38 yeah. dude um super old not to mention he's got a checkered past at best so kind of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um starting center i think all of us would agree besides joe thuny who just obviously just came on the free agency market Corey Lindsley out of Green Bay is probably the one blue chip player in this free agency class along the offensive line at both center and guard, which are the positions that we're looking for. And that's the guy that I've seen in headlines. And as far as like, this is the guy that Seahawks need to sign, especially if they want to like sever any type of relate or like save any type of relationship with Russell Wilson, they need to sign this guy. Um, I don't know what you guys' thoughts are about, are about that. If you think he's going to be worth, he's probably he's going to be expensive. He's going to be, you know, for he's going to be top line center market, like probably 11, 12, maybe even mm -hmm. $13 million a year. Yeah. Um, which is expensive for a center. Um, but, you know, I mean, he's a blue chip player. Like it, he would solidify a position of need for you. And you'd probably immediately going from, be going from a, like 
just a like just below average offensive line to at least a just above average offensive line at that point. I don't think it's worth it. I think that's still too much money unless you're going to go back to Russell and be like, look, pal, put your money where your mouth is. Take a $10 million pay cut. We'll, well go not, get you Corey it's Lindsley it's not and just a Joe pay- Thune. Can I interject here? It's not just a pay cut. They could restructure his contract. That's what Correct. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Especially if they think they're going to trade him. Like, restructure that money to the end end of the deal like right. leave that on a, an, on another team to worry about it let's rumored with a few other players that we're going to try to restructure a couple of players contracts mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. up um you i would love create cap space i would love Corey lindsley personally i think that if we we're going to go and pay big money for one player this offseason i think yep. lindsley would be the player to do that yeah, for i agree for sure. um i think that would be a big up i think what um What's his face? Posick Posick was Posick, rated yeah. as like twenty seventh best center or bottom Yikes. like twenties consensus across, yeah. Not which is pretty enough. bad. And Lindsley's like all pro twenty nineteen yep. or twenty twenty, consistently top five center. So I think that would be a huge upgrade. You know, he's played with Aaron Rodgers, has a lot of experience under his belt, and could you know whether it's Russell Wilson or another quarterback could be a really good fit here in Seattle. So. If we spent money on anybody, I think that would be the player I like. I also like Andrews coming uh, from New England. I think he could do a decent job as well, but I think Lindsley obviously is regarded as better. Yeah. 100% agree. I think if you're going to pay the bucks, get Lindsley. I think you can probably get Andrews, who'd be a significant upgrade over Posich and, you know, save $5 million from what you'd be spending on someone like Corey Lindsley. Um, yeah i think we're just in a tough spot we don't have a ton of money to play you look around this list and it's like yeah it'd be fun to go dabble and play around in the free agent market that we have but we just don't have a lot if you're gonna drop 10 million half your cap space on one player we've got one two three four five six seven eight nine ten positions of need up here I get it, but like at the same time, I don't. I I just don't know what the deals are going to be this off season. We haven't seen one yeah. really yet yeah. this year. I think JJ Watts, like I mean, probably the one of the bigger ones, I guess. Like I'm yeah. I'm honestly surprised he got probably that much from the Cardinals. He got but, paid yeah. um, for for someone that's aging and has struggled with injuries, but obviously an impact player and a sexy name. So, um, tight end. I think. I think all of us agree that Will Disley could be a tight end one. Yeah. Could be. He has the potential to be. It's a big could be for me. But yeah. Um, How? Why? Explain this. Uh, I don't think he's proven himself to stay healthy he, over the course of the season. He didn't play that well last year. Sure. And I don't yeah. think he was that good. I think he had a lot of key drops last season, which yeah. I was disappointed in. T- tight end in general didn't play well last season. Jacob, Hollis, Jacob Hollister was probably our best tight end last year. Let's yeah. be I think honest. Colby Parkinson could be super good. Maybe. Good. Yeah, Even we just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, Connor. Go ahead. I don't no, know. Like, I look at I look at the tight end market, and it's probably the one position of need that I'm the most underwhelmed with what's available right yeah, now. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Hunter Henry, Kyle Rudolph, Jared Cook, Tyler Eifert. They're all – well, I guess Hunter Henry's still pretty young, but – Hunter Henry will probably get paid pretty well, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we're not going to be in the running for him. And honestly, like the only name that really makes sense to me, and we all have him on our list, is Gerald Everett. He's yep. 
from the Rams. He's familiar with Shane Waldron's offense. Like that makes sense. But again, he's a young, pretty dynamic, versatile tight end. Like, are we going to be able to afford him? I don't know. He killed us in one of the games last year too. Like, I mean, he's, he's a solid player. Like, and he, he would be that pass catching tight end that we don't really like truly have. We might have in Colby Parkinson, but obviously very unproven. Um, but yeah, he's, he's an athletic body that, yeah, I, I think that's, uh, I think that's the signing here at tight end. I don't think the discussion really needs to go much further than that. Yeah, like I, I, I think we go relatively cheap, which I think Gerald Everett would be yep, and someone that's familiar with the offense and fills that kind of H back role a little bit as yeah. far as just like a pass catching tight end. I think it's Gerald Everett or draft. Yeah. Probably, and we only have four draft picks currently, so we got to change that quickly. <laughs> which will change. Need more yeah, which will change. It'll, it will. But like, yeah, that's what much. we're looking at right now. There's, there's not a lot of assets out there as, as far as it comes to the draft. All right, third wide receiver. Um, again, like I said, David Moore. Off to greener pastures. Hopefully, <laughs> we could yeah. resign him. It's, but it's interesting I'm because really a lot of move on. It's interesting because a lot of the pundits here on Seattle Talk Radio have liked david moore and want him to stay i don't get it and i don't get that like i mean david moore is a fine player but i feel like we could upgrade sure could for sure upgrade so he's, I, he's not this, a wide receiver three like he's a wide receiver four like he'd be fine as that and there's but, a lot of talent on the market absolutely like top tier talent too so a wide absolutely. receiver three you know could come cheaper than normal oh yeah yes. for sure yeah, and just to list some names here, I mean, we got Golden Tate, T.Y. Hilton, Emmanuel Sanders, John Brown, Marvin Jones, Corey Davis, John Ross III, Kendrick Bourne, Will Fuller, Antonio Brown, like, and the list goes on. Like, there's yeah, more Juju Smith-Schuster is a free yeah. agent. Yeah, um, they all get paid. Curtis get paid. Samuel from yeah. the Panthers is a sneaky one. There's a lot. There are a lot, and there will be more. Yeah. So it's it's stacked. Yeah, and some of these guys are going to get paid, and definitely going to be out of the price range. I don't think we're probably looking at spending more than seven or eight million dollars a year on a guy here um oh, i'd be surprised which, if we paid that much yeah which would even be probably probably you're, you're probably looking more like five i think we'd pay seven to eight million for maybe two guys on the list <laughs> and they could do that too yeah yeah like um, john ross is going to be dirt cheap oh he'll yeah. be He's really cheap played kendrick i think i think, is another I think if you wait like. up, he'll be cheap yeah, I think if you wait out that first wave on wide receiver, yeah, you're gonna get someone that slides back to you pretty cheap, like for like three to five million dollars yep. a year, um, in that sweet spot. So, yeah, I think those are two guys, John Ross and Kendrick Bourne. I think are two guys pretty much on all of our lists, right? Yeah. Um, another guy that I, I just I have him. He's a little bit more of a sexy name, but Ty Hilton. Like he's struggled with injuries in recent years. A little bit older. Um, I don't know how much he's going to be sought after or paid in this in this free agency uh, market. But um, you know, I mean, if if you could get Ty Hilton for like five or six million dollars a year, I would I would think about that. Yeah, I would consider it as well. There's part of me that feels like him and Tyler Lockett are really similar in a lot of ways. A a bit. Um, I don't know if I fully agree with that. I think Ty is a little bit more over the top, but he's he's Maybe, obviously lo- he's but he's lost he's, he's lost older. a step. He's older. Same with Tyler. Same with Tyler yeah. too. Like Tyler Lockett was 
totally an over the top. How big is Ty? He's a little man. It's gonna be like what five eleven? Probably five eleven, one eighty five, maybe. Five ten. Yeah, okay, he's not go. big. <laughs> yeah. I think him and Lockett are. I think T.Y. Hilton had more production, especially on some big plays earlier in his career. So I think he, yeah. with the name, you think big plays. But I, I think him and Lockett are really similar players at this stage in their career. I would like to get someone. So can I challenge you on the John Ross thing then? I mean, are you just doing that because he's younger, um, because he has more more to prove, because he's more of an over-the-top threat? Like... I think Ross is a legit over-the-top threat. Yeah, I mean, there, uh, there's no doubt that he's that, but it's just like, has he lost a step with all the injuries? He'd cost less. I mean, even if he lost a step, like, what are we talking about? 4-3? <laughs> Come on. Talk about Four, John two, two. Ross yeah. the third, baby. I guess. Well, I mean, he would be he'd cheaper be the... than T.Y., right? I mean, he's way cheaper. not going to cost that much. So I, I don't have him on my list, but I could see John Ross on the cheap. I'd be I would love that. it. Be, I mean, when he was at UW, he would throw off season with some of the Seahawks and with Russ, like, very familiar, obviously familiar with the city. I think he, with at this point in his career, he's at a crossroads, and I think getting some familiarity and comfort in where he's at, I think it could be a really good thing for him and the Seahawks. Honestly, I don't even know, like if he, if he, I don't think he would even be like in the first or second wave of free agency. No, no, like, I think he would be lucky to he like would, get on. He would a sign like right before year. he would like sign right before either OTAs or right before training camp. I think he'd be dirt cheap, like yeah. league minimum cheap. One but the upside's deal. there. Yeah, the upside's there. Love, I, mean, for, I would be former so first pumped. round pick. So, yeah, you never know. I I would like um, going back to like the T Y Hilton conversation. I think John Brown could provide a lot. He might be a little yeah. too expensive because he's yeah. he's not the top tier, but he'd probably be wave two. He'd probably receivers. second tier. You know what would be fun about that one? Continue. Reunited with DK. John Brown? Brown? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were both wide receivers at Ole Miss together. That's A.J. Brown, right? I know oh, A.J. Brown. Shit. Was, yeah. Oh, my bad. Never mind. Because <laughs> he's a Titan, yeah. Yeah, oh, man, that would be a signing. I would that, love that. That's, that. Yeah, <laughs> that's oh, my man. bad. There's too, many, there's too many Browns out there, man. Oh, man, if you got up. A.J. Brown to go with D.K., oh, man. Let's solve yeah. it all, guys. Trade yeah. Russ for A.J. Brown, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, straight up. Let's do it. And Ryan right? Tannehill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like I'd be fine with that, actually. That's, that's I'd actually be bad. fine with that. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, I'm not going to go on. Uh, I agree with that one. Um, Samuel, I would love out of the Panthers. I think he's going to cost a little too much, though. Um, Josh Reynolds is an interesting one. It's not on our list. He plays for the Rams. Rams he's a free yep. agent. I think similar reasons uh, why Gerald Everett. I think that could be a sneaky pickup and has played yeah. in the slot before as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, a, good, that's a good look. Um, Guy we haven't mentioned, Golden Tate. Yeah. Not going to happen. Slept with <laughs> Russell's ex-wife. Not going to happen. Not confirmed. I would love it. Allegedly, Alleged. I should say. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. He also allegedly stole donuts. So, you know. Oh, that, that seems for more sure true. happened. <laughs> <laughs> that was confirmed. No, that, that, that one was confirmed. All right. Uh, let's move on to running back. So, I mean, Chris Carson, the big the big loss here um carlos hyde is also a, a free agent here so i think we're left with let's see uh um penny? rashad penny uh we travis have dj homer. dallas and travis homer and alex collins 
Dan That's Alex true. Collins. Yeah, we did just sign him. You're right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's technically four guys there. They they might not do anything here. Like, this is the position that they might not do anything at. Draft. Are you okay? Are are you okay? But even if they don't, like, again, we've talked about, they only have four four picks in the draft. Are you okay if they don't address this position? No. No, I think, but I think they get someone cheap. I don't think they get anyone top tier close yep. to that. I think it's like they'll get like a training camp body. Yep. Later, Carlos Hyde, maybe if he goes for less money, maybe a yeah. Mike Davis. Mike Davis might be too expensive, even. I think, just... I think, I think Davis and Hyde are the two guys that they like. If they were to get someone before training camp, those mm-hmm. are the two guys. Yeah. Otherwise, they're familiar after you go with the four and then see what happens after that because we do have a lot. I mean, yeah. Justin, Let you're going to love me when I say this. I love to run the football, but you cannot pay running backs in this NFL right True. now. You cannot you pay can. them. Nope. And so I want to go get like a Trey Sermon or Chuba Hubbard, maybe a, a Jamar Munchie Jefferson. From are Oregon any of State those guys going to be available? Like, Oh, yeah. Running backs are going to be super available. I mean, running those backs guys don't are, go high anymore. Yeah, I mean, besides... Sermon, Sermon and Hubbard are like, I don't know, maybe somewhere in the 5 to 10 range in available running backs in this draft. Jamar Jefferson, I think, is going to slip down the board, and he's a freaking stud. We've seen it. I would love to pick up Jamar Jefferson in we like did start that hashtag. sixth round or fifth round or whatever. Give oh, me God, some more munchie, baby. Hell yeah. I mean, I I think Jefferson could go third or fourth round if he's how many running backs I don't know, like he's right now I think he's projected, you know, somewhere between the tenth best running back available. Yeah. Could be fourth round. It could be fourth round. I mean, who knows? I think you could pick up a sweet running back in the third fourth fifth round. Yeah. If we take if we take Jamar in the fourth round. I think that'd be high. We're good. No, we're good. I would take him in the fourth round. I would take dude. him in the fourth no, round. I, no, no, I, I know he's good. I know. I just I don't think running backs go that high. I don't think I don't think he'll be in the fourth. I think he'll be six. I seven. mean, running backs go that high. It's just. No, I like 10th best running back this but think year. About I don't like think it'll be. How good Gaskin was. And he went in the seventh round. He was the seventh round. Exactly. Yeah. And he well, had a really Carson good college career. And so was Carson, yeah. So I think we're gonna draft a guy that some point in the or, season is or you go undrafted free themselves. agent too. Right. Right. There's gonna be guys probably after that. And yeah, like this true. is gonna be a weird year tier too with draft because I mean some guys don't have a lot of tape on them. Right. And uh players are gonna want to get like or teams are gonna get players on the cheap. So like if they have holes to fill, they yeah. might go for holes rather than best player right away because right. of the cap situation. Yeah. I don't know. That's going to be a fascinating one. I I tend to agree with you guys that we should definitely go draft or even undrafted free agent for that than, than sign someone in this free agency class, but we'll see. It's a good running back class. I think we it could is. find somebody it is. that could really help bolster the roster there. All right, defensive end. I think all of us want Carlos Dunlap back. Yes. Like I think that's our that's all of our first picks. What's your second pick? If, if, if stuff falls through and like he ends up signing elsewhere for more money or just like maybe there's burnt bridges that we didn't know were there, who's your second pick? I like Solomon Thomas. I think, yeah. you know, he's former first round pick. Former first round pick. He's had some injury issues. 
obviously this past year was his ACL or Achilles. I forget. I don't remember, but he was ACL. a good player for the 49ers for a while. Yeah. yeah. Born ACL in week two. I think a really young player. And again, I think you could probably get him pretty cheap coming off an injury. And yeah. if he's, you know, you're comfortable with where he's at in his rehab, he could be a long-term player for us at that position. So I would Possibly. love to get Solomon Thomas. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Um, I could see Leonard Floyd from the Rams coming oh, up here. Oh Lord! Oh Lord! <laughs> Just get him on our team. I don't care if he plays. I Just think he's him. undersized for our defense. Maybe. Um, I would prefer Dunlap, but I mean, obviously, yeah. Drew said well, he, the, he's not the... like a he's not like a true like freak athlete guy. Like he's like he's kind of like a speed edge rusher that like, he's obviously given us problems. But Leonard Floyd, he's kind yeah. of like yeah. a Bruce Irvin. Yeah, yeah, he's similar to a Bruce yeah. Irvin. He's an outside uh, linebacker more. He's like a Von Miller type guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So he's a little bit lighter. Um, For sure. I don't know if I don't know if that fulfills that need, but yeah, I I get it. Like he's he's definitely an intriguing option. I don't know. He might get paid. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I could see Everson Griffin coming to the Seahawks. It was rumored a little bit ago, and I could see that coming out again. Uh, I think I like Dunlap, Thomas, and Floyd a little more, but I could see it going there. Yeah. I'm going to just throw this out here, guys. You can shoot me dead, but Kalani could be really cheap. If he's cheap, I'd take him. He's still Kalani could be really cheap. Has to be cheap. He didn't do anything with like he did nothing last year. Yeah. Like you could sign him for like probably like four mil base and like incentive incentive laden though. Like he could make he could make up up to like eleven or twelve. I think that would be a late signing again. You know, he would hold out for something. It'd be months from now, probably. Yeah. I don't know about yeah, maybe. Maybe like a month or two, but I'm open to it. We'll see. I I think that's a that's a name just to keep your on your radar. I think so. Cornerback. I We're mean, gonna lose. Would... Lo- you have some deal. interesting names on here. For I want you to start. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> I think the name that stands stands out above all is is former Seahawk Richard Sherman. Oof. Um. Is. Are 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 the bridges burnt between Probably. the organization I think so. and Sherm? Probably. I don't know. I don't know. I he's I a know, lot quieter. Did. He's a lot quieter now, though, dude. Like, I'm not. I'm not saying he's gonna come back with like tail tucked between his legs, but I think like he's he's grown up a bit, like in the last few years since he's been in Seattle, and he he's not nearly as fiery like. I don't know. Maybe Pete and him don't get along, but like there's some other guys here that he played with, with like Bobby Russell. Probably, probably <laughs> Russ. Pro- yeah. prob- he didn't like Russ, but no, prob- he didn't. <laughs> probably won't get uh, KJ back. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think he, I think he really valued his time in Seattle. And I think, I think truly like he's set, like he has like, settled down here like he has like i think he has a home here i think his yeah. kids still go to school here yeah he's tight with I, cam, cam i think Chancellor's he wants still here well, and here's the thing like he wants to retire a seahawk and he said that he only wants to play two more years i could totally see it happening i would be excited about it i think he had a good year last year 
Yeah. I, I think he fits our I think, defensive I think he's kind of gone under the fold a little bit because, like, I mean, two years ago he got hurt yeah. when he when they went to the Super Bowl, and then mm-hmm. I, he came back for that. I can't remember. but And then last year they just sucked. So I think he just kind of, like, went. Yeah, he played in the noticed. Super Bowl. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But um, – an intriguing option nonetheless and a little bit older so he could come he could come a little bit cheaper yeah not like super cheap i don't think like i don't think he's gonna take like nothing but um you know you could you could get him for second tier maybe even third tier money um and i mean i think i think the other intriguing guy on this list is former husky desmond trufant hell yeah that's who who i want we all have him on our list yeah i think he's I mean, he battled some nagging hamstring issues, I think, with the. He still he he played well when he was when he was on the field for the Lions. Damn good last year when he was on the field. So I would love to have another Trufant in a Seahawks uniform. Yeah, I I mean I and he's thirty. Like I mean he's not he's not he's not old, but he's not young. Right, he's Um, right there in the wheelhouse, right in his prime. I'd be so. I mean, you could you could sign him for a two or three year deal for. I'm on home, baby four or five million a year like and i think yeah. he'd take that so and i think honestly in my opinion if he's healthy that's an upgrade over griffin yeah it, there's an well, argument there there's i think an argument yeah <laughs> i think i mean i think i think griffin is probably still going to improve like right. he's like he's on the upside but like yeah. right now if you're talking right now um true font yeah if he's at his I mean, best who would you rather have a, a healthy true font or a healthy griffin i, I mean i've this is purple for and this gold. season yeah this is purple and gold glasses here but yeah true font i'd agree for one season i think if yeah. you sign a multi-year well, contract, and i, and I think you're also talking money here too like right. griffin's gonna be expensive mm-hmm. and true font yeah. could be pretty cheap so right yeah it's probably gonna be half the cost yeah and even if they're yeah. close to the same player like true font's the guy at that yeah. point so yeah and i mean they could bring back quentin dunbar too um and i think in all likelihood they might like even even if they make another signing they might still bring him back at basically a vet minimum deal so he had a rough year yeah so we'll see what happens and a guy that's like quentin dunbar like i he could he's a he's a a starting caliber corner i think when he's healthy we just don't know what that we don't know what that chronic knee injury really is right um and he had surgery over the off season so we'll see what happens um Defensive tackle depth is kind of like the last, I guess, I guess you added one thing on here, but defensive tackle depth. I I know that we're, I think Puna is a restricted free agent. And I think the same, I think the same thing with Brian Monet. I think both of them are restricted free agents. My expectation is they're going to sign both of those guys back. Yeah. Um, We'll see. So, um, but then they also have uh, obviously Jerron Reed or Jaron Reed. And then um, there's one other guy. I can't remember his name. He was like a practice camp body, but he was on the, I think he was on the roster the last few weeks. I don't remember his name, but he's still on the roster now. But anyone from this defensive tackle free agency pool that you guys are interested in bringing, bring in. I mean, I would love to see, another familiar face it's kind of been the theme here some of these players come in full circle but we'd love to see quentin jefferson back in a seahawks jersey i think it's another versatile player he can play inside he can play outside kind of what we 
you know, we're familiar seeing with someone like Michael Bennett. So I would love to see Quentin Jefferson come in here. You know, Dominican Sue is a fun name to consider. It'll be yep. interesting to see, you know, he's obviously getting longer in the tooth himself, but I think Jefferson is a no brainer here. If you can get him for a decent price, he's yep. familiar with the system. He can play, and he can play both positions. inside and outside. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's where my mind would go. Obviously, I think Puna Ford is a really good player. So I want to, would want to make sure that we yeah, retain sure. him, but the name on the list that stands out to me is, is Quentin Jefferson for sure. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I agree. I agree. And then do you guys think that we're going to re-sign KJ Wright at linebacker? I think that's the only other Seahawks question we have. I want to. I mean, he was fantastic last season. He, he played. It's possibly his best. Might year. be his best year. Um, it's the money. It's obviously yeah. the money. It's not due to his performance last season. He's going to want. Come, he's come out and said he's not going to take a hometown discount. Right. Um, Which and, I mean, he only he only has so many years left. I don't blame him, but like I don't know. Yeah, if I I don't know what the market is going to be out there for free agency linebackers. Yeah. Um, um, my I'm leaning no, but it's not a strong no. Yeah. I, yeah. It just depends what they're getting paid. I don't know. This this year is so crazy. We don't know what the market's going to be set out for sure. 30-year-old outside linebackers. And he kind of switched positions in the outside linebacker last year as well. Right. Yeah, so, he went from Will to Sam. So, and that yeah. plays way less as a percentage of snaps, is my understanding. Sam, can you guys can be more knowledgeable on the actual football side of it. But as, as way less amount of snaps because Brooks got more. So yeah. I don't know. I have no idea what the market I'd love him back, but... I don't think it's our number one priority. Yeah. I think if he becomes too expensive, a couple of names that I threw out there that I'd be interested in, could kick the tires again, coming full circle. Someone like Michael Kendricks played well for us, except for his little, you know, white collar. White collar. <laughs> Another name I said earlier. Jelly minute, dude. Yeah, I know. But I think he's a solid player. So I think another name out there, Kyle Van Noy, if you could get him for you know, I think his contract with Miami was around $10 million or something like that. He got cut. So if you could get him for, I don't know, $5 million, he's a damn good linebacker. But the other name on here, just a total upside pick would be Ruben Foster. Super young, Ooh. uber talented, just hasn't been able to make it click in the NFL, but he was a monster for Bama back in the day. And multiple and sexual assault allegations so correct that's also true nice but it wouldn't be the first time the seahawks look past something like that so i just think if you're looking for a player at linebacker he's got the raw talent that if we're gonna sign him i'd I'd like it to be like a camp body like i don't i don't there's there's no reason to like guarantee him anything no and he's gonna be cheap for sure yeah he's kind of in the same category as ross to me like has all of the physical tools to be a really really good player hasn't put it together be lucky to you know really stick with the team honestly both of them have had kind of tumultuous careers at this point for different reasons but i think reuben foster would be a sweet addition and somebody you know if jordan brooks doesn't work out i think reuben foster has position versatility he could play the will he could play middle so i like that yeah that's a that's a good name to bring up for sure all right guys um 
well, we're so deep into this episode. I think we're probably going to skip skip Huskies talk for now, but there's not a whole lot on the updates front from there, but Sam and I will touch on it on the next episode. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Justin, thank you again for joining us tonight. Um, did you guys have any, any other closing thoughts before before we wrap here? Go to Santo Coffee Company. Yeah. <laughs> check out check out Freddie's Freddie's coffee. Support local, baby. Hell yeah. Support local and support a sounder. I love it. Or Colombian coffee. That too. Yeah. Colombian Colombian coffee. It's good stuff. Um cool, guys. Uh well, yeah. Thank you again, Justin. Why don't you do your little uh spiel about your your podcast over the top of yeah my thing i've done it so many times so i'll try to do it in less than 10 seconds if you like <laughs> epl and want to know more about uh all things english soccer or the other football search over the top epl and spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts and give us a listen i think that was like 11 it was 11 <laughs> yeah pretty good not, pretty good pretty good not fast enough though not fast enough I feel like I sped up as Sam was at seven because I realized I wasn't going to finish in time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here counting with my fingers. Yeah. All good. All good. Oh, well, this man. has been fun, guys. Um, yeah, I think next episode we'll probably talk a little bit more free agency stuff if like maybe some signings have been happening over the next like yeah. week or so. Um, we'll also have some Mariners preview stuff as well and possibly some Sounders preview stuff depending on when that next episode is but I'd look for that next episode probably in the next week or two um, I think there will be enough content to talk about um, got some and, stuff to talk about the dogs yep hopefully. and we'll definitely we'll definitely talk talk about the Husky stuff that we this actually worked out tonight. this worked out nicely as well because there's some news that we're waiting to break right and so by for waiting sure. to next episode maybe we'll be able to chat about that yeah, and so. we'll be we'll be fired up about that if it comes Stay tuned. Through. so yeah Stay tuned. for sure for sure uh thanks for listening folks as always we appreciate the support subscribe and follow if you haven't already and leave us a message via the anchor link in our description and until next time go sounders go m's go hawks and go dogs